There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Well, welcome everybody to number 19 of our Forbidden Doctor podcast, The Forbidden Cause of Heart Attack and Death, here with Dr. Jack and Mary. Hey, everybody. This is going to be exciting. We're going to save some lives today. I think so. I think so, because we're going to get into the real cause of heart attack. And it's not the thrombosis, the old famous blood clot idea, because more than 50% of the people who die of a sudden heart attack did not have any placking, did not have any clotting going on. And that's the thing we want to focus on today's show is the big dog and pony show that's going on out there to get you to do a heart bypass or to get you to have stents or something like this put into the system, even though plenty of studies have shown these things don't make any difference at all. Yeah, the 20 years of evidence now has come out. We'll play a little clip a little while later about Dr. McBride explaining how this is common knowledge now with all the studies that have come out in the last 20 years, but the pharmaceuticals, the food industry has just invested way too much money into this low-fat propaganda. Well, it's been around since Ansel Keys in 1953. Yeah. And you're right. It's all about money now. They're not going yeah. to depart from the extremely nonsensical paradigm that low-fat diet is good for the heart when there's billions upon billions of dollars being made every year promoting that false theory. Yes, and those, those industries are just getting louder and louder and louder. And you were being told you're idiotic to listen to anything else but, you know, take your statins, don't eat salt, don't eat red meat, and stay away from fat. Oh, yeah, the Ornish idea. Yeah. And then we also want to bring your attention to a website. You can see it yourself, Heart Attack New dot com where that video is and i uh, are we going to put a link to that at the end of this i think we'll put a link to that at the end of this where you can see yourself a real live um video of a heart that has better than a 90 percent blockage of the right coronary artery yet the heart is functioning just fine yes and i pointed out something in that that i think was I don't think the very heavy accented doctor that's explaining this points out really clearly. He's all excited because your body builds these collateral blood arteries around the blockage. Around the blockage. And so you see this video of this blocked artery and below where the blocked artery is, the the actual blockage. The artery is full of blood. The rest of the car, yeah, the rest of the coronary artery is just as full as the coronary above the blockage. Yes, yeah, so so you think of a dam, you know, you think how it just you have this big bulge, it builds up and builds up, and it, and if only a little teeny bit of blood was getting through to that artery underneath, you'd have this huge bulge above it, as you know, it drip drip drips in. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case in this live video. No, it's not bulging at all. 
In other words, there's plenty of blood below the... Where's that blood coming from? That yeah. fills the coronary artery below the blockage. This is a video your doctor will, your cardiologist will not be showing in the waiting room to the patients. No. <laughs> now, it's a known fact, it's a known physiological fact that very shortly after birth, because the heart has to go through extensive growth between infancy and adulthood, that collateralization of blood vessels begins e even before there's any apparent reason for it. In other, in other words, none of the coronary arteries, of, of which there are five major ones, um, have any kind of a problem. The heart has already started building collateral blood supply throughout its entire musculature coming off of these arteries. So that when we see people down the road who get a chest pain, some angina or angina, depending on what school you went to, and they go get uh, angiography, go you know, let's go put some dye in the heart and we'll, we'll take a look and see what's going on. And, and they may even show you ba-boom, 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 and then you see this big blockage of an artery. Aha, we've got to put in stents or we've got to do a heart bypass or triple bypass, quadruple bypass, you know. And you should see a big bulge above that. Yeah, and, and, you, and don't. you don't. You see the artery below the blockage, full just as full as the artery above the blockage because of this collateralization that's taking place. Now, you've got something you want to bring up here right at the beginning regarding a this fellow, yeah. a very interesting story that I think we should tell. Yes, this is um, a heart surgeon, Dr. Dwight Lundell, and he finally came out and he said, we were wrong. All these cardiologists, we are now accepting that we are wrong. So he, he goes on with this big, long article. I think many people have seen this. It's been going all around the internet lately. I've had it sent to me about five different times. So we'll put this at the bottom, a link to this story. It's a really good story explaining how omega-6 is the proliferation of eating omega-6, you know, soybean oil and um, vegetable oil. oils have destroyed our hearts. Yes. And he explains it very well. So at the bottom, there's a bunch of comments. And this really, he looks like an old man, <laughs> William Broyles. He writes this really incredible comment. He said, I'm greatly encouraged by Dr. Lindell's honesty and his courage to stand up to the AMA and government regulators. I endured two separate CABs. Coronary artery blockage. Blockages. About eight years apart. Later, I had a cardiac surgery to remove blockages, but le less than a year later, it was 90% occluded again. We operated again. But within eight, eight months, it was 100% occluded and inoperable. At that time, we also found the LT artery, 65% occluded, and I was advised to operate on it ASAP. Instead, I refused surgery, deciding there was something wrong with his picture, and I began an intense study on cholesterol and heart disease. That was over a decade ago. I hit the fish oil, raw dairy, pastured raised food, that would be meat, pasture-raised food, and join the Weston A. Price Foundation. I do not know how long I will live, but I am confident that I have, that had I stuck with regular treatments of statins and surgeries, that I would not be here to write this today. I pray you will take what this doctor says to heart. No yes. pun intended. <laughs> yes. so, so if he had followed the, the regular path, that, that's, that's the forbidden knowledge that we don't know about. We don't know that there's anything else you can do to heal a heart. And it's so easy to yes, do. Yes, it is. 
Now, this, this is where after uh, eight months of a previous 90% occlusion, he goes back in eight months and it's 100% occluded. One would have to ask the question at this point, how is he up and walking around? Yes. How is he doing? How is he even alive if one of his coronary arteries was 100% blocked? Well, when you do the angiography and you put in the dyes and the, the catheter goes all the way up there to the heart and you put, you put the dye right into that particular artery and you watch it on x-ray, video, fluoroscopy, something, you'll see that the artery below the blockage is just as full as the artery above the blockage, like you were saying. So if that is not what's causing the problem, what is? And here you have to take a little jump away from the heart itself and that which powers the heart, and that is the nervous system. And one thing that we want to do in relation to the nervous system is to understand you have two basic nervous systems. You've got the um, central nervous system with motor nerve control so that you can get up, walk around, and do all the voluntary stuff that you do with your body. And the and, autonomic nervous system. And then, then you have the autonomic. Right. The, the other one is the autonomic, which is the automatic, which is the, uh, the computerized system. Well, digestion, breathing, sleeping, you know, elimination, immune system, detoxification, growth, uh, these kinds of things that you never think about. And inside of the autonomic system, there are two branches. There's the parasympathetic system that is the rest and digest system. And then there's the sympathetic fight or flight. And the whole idea of these two are to work in union with one another so that when it's time to, you know, get it on and get something done and, or, or, or there's some real concern or some emergency or some acute crisis that has arisen, you have the chemical energy inside of you to get the job done, stimulated primarily by adrenaline mm -hmm. coming out of the, out of the adrenals. Mm -hmm. And when that crisis is over, you go back into, oh, calm down. We've got it taken care of. Everything is all right. We can uh, go to sleep now. Right. Repair. And you, and you get back into the rest and digest mode, mm -hmm. which is the aspect of the nervous system that we live under for the most part. Yeah. Normal respiration, breakdown of food, absorption of nutrients, elimination of toxins, immune regulation going on through the body, cell division and maturation, these kinds of things that are taking place just as we're sitting here right now. No, no real stress to speak about. Oh, I'm stressed. Are, okay. <laughs> All right. But for the most part, in most people's... This is the fight or flight. I hate to interrupt you here, but this, you know, when you're laying in bed asleep and you hear a loud noise, you wake up and your fight or flight goes into operation. You, you, your body stops digesting because why digest if you're going to be killed? Your body stops rebuilding because why yeah, energy. The energy is diverted to the heart, mm -hmm. to the internal organs, to the brain, so that if you have to run for your life, you can run for your that's life. That's fight or flight. The problem with our society today, today is that that's where we are all the time. I got the mortgage to pay. Oh, my kids, you know, need this. I'm not going to make this. I'm so stressed about speaking in public or on a podcast. See? <laughs> well, you're getting to the heart of, heart of the problem. Yeah. No pun intended yeah, there. Yeah. You're getting to the heart of the problem here. Okay. And this is, now, as we're talking about this, what you want to keep in mind is more than half the people who die of a heart attack do not have a blood clot in the coronary artery. Plaque, a, a blockage. 
there well there's placking they're right, off quite often there but there's no coronary occlusion in other words uh, a certain percentage there was a, a large study that was done back in the 70s that showed that uh, people who had died of a heart attack 20 percent of them had a blood clot and then a larger study was done with a d different group of people and they found that as much as maybe 40 percent of those people when they were at the time they were pronounced dead on autopsy had a blood clot in the heart that stopped blood to a part of the heart. But that leaves 60% that did not have a blood clot blocking the heart. Now, the thing that is used in modern health science, and I use the term science loosely today, is to try to compare the blood vessels of the body, especially the heart, to like the interior of your water heater. And if you have hard water and mm -hmm. you don't have a water softener, um, after 10, 15 years, all the sediment from heating, cooling, heating, cooling, and all that precipitating sediment just clogs the pipes and clogs the pipes and clogs the pipes. And then finally, uh, it's so clogged, the water won't move through, the water heater doesn't work, so they have to take that out and put it's in so a new... Ridiculous. Oh, it is ridiculous. Because your pipes aren't alive. No, no. and You, you don't have macrophages and... And phagocytes going in there and cleaning it up like a live Excellent point. person does. That's right. Excellent point. And so the idea is, is put across that if you were to sit down and eat a greasy bacon cheese hamburger, that somehow the fat that's dripping down the side of that burger <laughs> that makes that sandwich so incredibly delicious is somehow going to get inside your heart. And clog it up. Which is what is which is. A nonsense, as Doctor yes, as Doctor McBride was. That's a nonsense. That fat is going to be emulsified. It's going to be absorbed. Uh, it's going to be broken down for energy. That that glob of fat in that piece of meat is not going to get into an artery of the heart. Well, on top of it, I mean, you're hot inside your artery. I mean, inside your body. I mean, it's going to melt. If it's anything, going to melt anyway. If you can just think of it as that way. Yeah. We we like to talk more in scientific terms where it's emulsified and used. Yes. But you can just think of it as melting. Well, you wanted to say something here about LDL and HDL and placking. Well, I've said this on past podcasts, but. I think it bears repeating because it's such a simple way to explain this. You know, everybody says, oh, I have high LDL cholesterol. My triglycerides are really high or I have, I'm in really good shape because my HDL is really good. It's really high. In other words, the numbers, the it's LDL. It's just part of the game. And that HDL, yeah, because we need to simplify it down to that for us. But it, it's crazy making. Let's say you have a wound somewhere inside your body. All right. Uh, let's put it in the artery because in your heart because that's scary. And your body will, it's more complicated than this, but it, you know, it, it um, it's got a, an, as Dr. McBride calls it, an never ending ulcer. And yes. It's it never heals. Atherosclerosis. Yes. Basically. That's the placking of the Big artery fancy wall. Term. Right. So your body will call cholesterol from the liver. The liver makes the cholesterol. See, you eat fat to rebuild your liver. So your liver can do its job of producing cholesterol which is the most insane thing that we take statins to stop that from happening. But let's get past that. So your body will hormonally call cholesterol and say, hey, I need some, I need some, you know, the, some fat up here to help heal this wound. So your f fat can't go through the bloodstream because it's water soluble. So it packages up this fat in little proteins called- The bloodstream is water soluble, not the fat. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. The bloodstream is water soluble. Right. And so 
It will package up these little these little fat globs that carry all kinds of nutrients and everything in them into little proteins called low-density lipoproteins. And it will carry that fat through the bloodstream to the wound. Yes. And start healing it in many different ways besides the white blood cells and all kinds of different things. And then when it's done, you've got damaged fat. You've got toxins. You've got all kinds dead of dead white blood cells. Dead white blood cells yes. is another thing. And you've got free radicals that have been the bullets and the missiles in there just cleaning up and fixing and all these things. And so your body hormonally again calls HDL, high density lipoprotein to basically come mop up and sop up and grab all the the used up white blood cells and the fat that's been changed and damaged and take it out and have the cells recycled and you go out the biliary tract and life goes on. You never even know all this happens. So to call the, H, the LDL the bad cholesterol and the HDL the good cholesterol is like calling an ambulance that's going to the scene of an accident, the bad ambulance, and the one that's bringing, bringing the broken bodies away to, to the, the hospital yes. to be recycled and hopefully healed, the good ambulance. So now here's the thing. You shouldn't have high LDL in your body because you shouldn't have wounds all through your body. But doctors never, they never go to the source of the problem. They're like, oh, you have too much inflammation. We've got to stop the inflammation. Ah, oh, your LDL's too high. We've got to bring that down with the statin. I mean, it's crazy making. So little kids don't have high LDL because they don't have wounds all through their body. So you, we've got to figure out a way to fix these wounds. And I hand it to you. Well, their little bodies are regenerating, they're repairing, mm -hmm. they're healing. And it's the same thing with all of the uh, blood vessels of our body, especially the arteries. They're constantly healing or they're constantly repairing. Mm-hmm. Or they're, which is winning, or they're, inflammation. Or, or they're regenerating. Right. So which one's winning, the regenerating side or the healing side? Because if they're constantly inflamed, constantly healing, you're going to have constantly high levels of LDL. Yeah. And this gets back into, you know, atherosclerosis and plugging up the arteries. So that's part of the heart attack problem. The other part of the heart attack problem back to the sympathetic and parasympathetic divisions of the nervous system, one speeding the heart up, one slowing the heart down. Now, this is good, guys. you got to listen to this. <laughs> so what happens is the major parasympathetic stimulus to the heart comes from the adrenals in the form of something called acetylcholine. It's the neurotransmitter that calms things down. And the major thing that speeds the heart up chemically is also another hormone that comes from the uh, adrenals as well, uh, adrenaline, that speeds the heart up. Mm -hmm. Now, there's also nerve supply to the heart. And the parasympathetic, the, the nerve supply to the heart that slows the heart down for regular rest, digest, rhythm, comes through the vagus nerve. It's the 10th cranial nerve. One of the, it's the largest of the cranial nerves. comes out of the, you know, the uh, midbrain and the um, uh, medulla out of the brainstem comes down through the throat, doesn't come through the spine. It comes down separately through the throat, along the esophagus, and it innervates everything from the lungs and the heart all the way down through all of your digestive organs to what's called the splenic flexure of the large intestine. That's where it comes across the transverse and then starts to head down towards the rectum the descending colon. Mm -hmm. So all of that in between there is fed by the vagus nerve that keeps things moving 
slowly, get digestion done. We've got a meal. Let's get ready because we've got another one coming up a few hours from now. You know, it's like the, the chef and the staff in a, in a big um, kitchen, big restaurant. Now, the sympathetic part of the nervous system that speeds things up is a part of something called the sympathetic chain, and it does come down the spine, and it starts sending off nerve fibers at T1, which is the beginning of the rib cage structure of the spine. And it sends fibers back up through the neck, back up into the head. It sends fibers throughout the, uh, the chest cavity, the abdominal cavity, the pelvic cavity. And this is where you get direct nerve stimulation for speeding up the system. And the one I'm talking about, of course, would be speeding up the heart. So there's a mechanical aspect to the heart speeding up and slowing down. There is a chemical aspect to the heart slowing up and speeding down. So you're saying the heart itself doesn't beat. The nerves the are nerves what make, make the, the heart, heart beat. beat. Right. You have these two major nerve uh, pockets coming into the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sympathetic, parasympathetic, speed it up, slow it down. And so that the heart can work in a state of balance, trying to adapt to the conditions that are placed upon it externally. There's not a whole lot of internal dynamic to the heart other than just pump blood. But it's the external stuff made up of our nutrition and and environmental factors. So the point I want to make here is that you have adrenaline speeding up the heart. You have acetylcholine slowing down the heart. Mm. And you want these two things in balance, both coming from the adrenal, which is why the adrenals have to be healthy, which probably goes back uh, a good reason for Chinese medicine believing that the organ that monitors the heart is the adrenal. The Chinese believe that in order to have a healthy heart, you have to have healthy adrenals. I thought it was kidney. Well, they called it the kidney. Excuse me, I should should be more clear. They say the kidney, but maybe they were including the adrenals with the kidney when this happened because that's where the speed up, slow down chemical components for the heart come from, is from the adrenals. So now, imagine this. The major... The major food supply for the heart when it's at rest are ketones and fatty acids. The heart prefers fat for its energy source. And why? Because it takes less energy to break down the fat. And there's twice as much energy in a gram of fat than there is in a gram of protein or a gram of carbohydrate, a gram of sugar. There's nine calories of energy in a gram of fat, there's four in protein and four in carbohydrates and four in sugar. So while you're resting, the heart is using fat and ketones for its energy source. Now, what are the major factors, according to the American Heart Association, for heart attacks? Number one, male. Being a male. Being a man. Number two, smoking. Mm-hmm. Number three, diabetes. And number four, the crazy stress factors that go with our high-tech Western civilization. Yeah, the type A personalities. Perfect, the type A personality. You don't get a chance to rest. You're constantly on the go. You don't get enough sleep. You don't get enough good food. You don't get enough water and enough clean water to drink and constant, constant demands placed upon you by your employer, by your spouse, by your children, by your peer groups, by your religious groups. And what this does is this sympathetic override constantly never gives the chance for the parasympathetic to come in and go, ah, 
And it's the parasympathetic that is getting energy from fats and ketones. When the sympathetic, the overdrive, the fight or flight, and it doesn't have to be that you opened up the door and there's a frothy mouth Rottweiler full of rabies there at the front door ready to bite you level. It's just this constant stress, constant demand. And some of these um, symptoms are waking in at night, short of breath, increased heart rate, like tachycardia, shortness of breath on activity, and sometimes the swelling of legs. Yes, that's part of it. The ANS, yeah, autonomic nervous system. Yes, and what happens is that when you are primarily being pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and not getting a chance to rest, the adrenaline levels Mm -hmm. get elevated. And what happens when you have adrenaline, the reason that you get super fast energy when a fight-or-flight situation rises, and, and remember to keep this in mind relative to the concept of heart attacks that I'm trying to talk about here, is that adrenaline is constantly coming into the heart, and adrenaline will shunt the heart's energy away from fats and ketones to sugar, glycolysis. And when there is enough of this glycolysis going on, the breakdown of glucose into energy. The byproduct is lactic acid. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, anytime we've gone out running or we've done something that gave us that stitch in the side, that side ache, that was a lactic acid buildup that causes acidosis. Yeah, you're not metabolizing it. And when you get acidosis, when the tissue, the local tissue begins to be acidic, it blocks calcium from doing its job of a regular muscle contraction. Now, the same thing can happen Inside the heart, heart. exactly. um, Just a cramp in the heart. It's a muscle cramp. It's blocked the calcium. It's a charley horse. Yeah, it's blocked it. The calcium has been blocked. The, the, The muscles can't relax. They can't beat correctly. And you literally get a charley horse inside the heart. You get the crushing heart pain. And then when this happens, that acidosis also begins to create an edema situation in the heart where the heart begins to swell. And just like, imagine a balloon that has a certain amount of air in it that's, that's caused it to blow up a bit. Imagine a thin film of something. Imagine some hairspray. Just spray some hairspray over that balloon and let it dry. You've got a real thin sheet of some kind of plastic material covering that balloon. You put more air into that balloon, and what happens to that covering that's all over that balloon? Well, it cracks. It cracks into a million pieces. Like plaster when, of Paris? That's when we were in elementary school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. Or, um, or ice. If you had, you had a balloon that had ice, it was covered with an ice, a sheet of ice, mm-hmm. and you expanded the balloon, you mm-hmm. know, the ice explodes into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. What happens to the crumbly little stuff inside the placking, inside the heart? Well, that's what Dr. McBride calls the core. Yes. And um, let me see if I can find it here really quick. Yeah, the fatty core is made out of dead white blood cells, debris of tissue, toxins, and oxidized chemically changed fats and cholesterol. Yeah, she, she calls it the crumbly core. The crumbly core that, yeah. that becomes this volcano. Yeah, the, a volcano explosion Eventually, of this stuff, right. So that's why even though there's no placking inside the heart to the sense that there's some kind of an occlusion taking place. Mm-hmm. The edema, the swelling inside the heart will cause compression of collateral capillaries 
and it will cause the breaking loose of some kind of placking that may have occurred that causes further problems down the road. See, it's a cascade thing that begins here. And the reason that we're talking about this in the sense that uh, the major idea out there is you have to stop eating fat because it'll block, cause blockages in the heart. Just utter nonsense. The video that they can see here at the end of this thing, heartattacknew.com, will show you what we talked about at the beginning. Um, even a 90% occlusion. occluded artery, mm -hmm. the, arter the rest of the artery below the occlusion is full of blood, and yeah. the heart is beating and beating and beating. Or other ways, it would look like a dam with this little teeny stream at the bottom of the and dam. And you would be dead. Yeah. You would be dead. And so we have a relative who... Um, works in a cardiac lab, a mm -hmm. close relative. Mm -hmm. And I called him up one day and I said, listen, I've been doing my studies and, I, and I'm looking at all this latest research and it indicates that the majority of people who actually die of a heart attack did not have a coronary occlusion, did not have a blood clot in a coronary artery. He says, yeah, that's right, more than 50%. More it's than the 60, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 60, 60 plus percent of the people who die of heart attack did not have a blood clot. And so... This is this is a whole new idea out there. It's not all that new. It's been around for a couple of decades, but it's getting a lot of support and strength. Finally. That, that what we want is some kind of balance between the speeding up and the slowing down parts of the heart. Now, it's the same myocardium. It's the same heart muscle, but it's getting different kinds of stimulus. It'll get a chemical stimulus of ACH, acetylcholine, to just rest and digest, just, you know, normal 72, 76, whatever your normal heart rate is, normal blood pressure, normal activity inside the body. And then you have, when you have to run for your life, fire or whatever, whatever else is going on, then the adrenaline comes pumping in, the heart changes its energy source almost immediately from ketones and fatty acids to sugar, because sugar has oxygen built inside the sugar molecule. So it's almost like instant fuel, yeah. but its primary psi, uh, uh, metabolite is lactic acid. But interestingly enough, your body also makes another hormone that will convert the lactic acid into pyruvate, another very powerful source of energy for the heart. So that in normal, in normal parasympathetic, sympathetic balance, under sympathetic conditions, where the heart shunts itself over to from fat to sugar for energy, the body will also put out this other hormone that will convert the byproduct of that sudden blast of sugar energy back into pyruvate, another great source of energy for the heart as the heart suddenly calms down. What, what was that? Oh, I don't know. Well, it doesn't seem to be here now. But what if you happened? die from that, when people call fire in a theater and people have heart attacks... yeah. Yeah, see, That's they're when already that, stressed. There's right. already a tremendous the last imbalance. Straw that broke the camel's back. Exactly. Yeah. There's already a big imbalance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Okay. Number one, I just want people to understand this. Go ahead. You've got to have a good balance of the parasympathetic and the sympathetic in order to avoid the most common heart attacks out there. Yes. Did I say that right? Yes, perfect. Yes. Okay, so now you explain so now, why. So now there's, there is, this is where the work I do as um, a chiropractic physician comes into play, where I bring that spine back into balance so that mechanically there is a balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic stimulation to the heart. So you get the nervous system functioning properly. Yes. 
Yes. Because you straighten out the spine. Yes. I'm just trying to bring it down, man. Bring it down. Exactly. (laughs) Then second is the... Uh, the environmental factors that are driving, you know, it's, it's driving us crazy because type A personality, someone who is parasympathetic, not dominant, but the parasympathetic system is working. Some of the best advice out there, from the, and this is coming from a new wave of cardiology out there that's recognizing this being the major cause of heart attack. They're talking about getting back into contact with nature, loving relationships, trust, security, even sex. Sex is very healing for the parasympathetic system. And even getting a pet and getting out of the rat race, getting out, changing the environmental factors around us that are drive, 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 drive without any rest taking place is one of the best things that you can do to avoid a heart attack. But if you can't, well, then there's also the food, the nutrition end. There, you've Be- got to support your body if you have that kind of lifestyle. And this is where I, the, the craziness of the low-fat oh. diet comes in because fat is the number one food for the heart itself in a parasympathetic state, in a rest-digest, a calmed-down state. Mm-hmm. The heart is using fat and ketones in order to power itself. I had a patient a couple of years ago that had been going to his cardiologist for about 20 years, maybe 30, a long time, decades, he said. And all he was ever told was to not eat any fat and not eat any salt or any red meat. And he, I had him in 29 days, significant changes in his heart. It's yes. so easy to and do And what that did you do? Heart. But what was so interesting is he kept saying, I starved my heart for decades. Yes. I did it myself. I purposely did this. He was so angry. Yes. He was so upset. And how 29 days later, well, basically, we just fed him fat. We obviously went on the GAPS diet, which is the most important, but it's almost all fat. I mean, it's fat and protein, of course, because in Butter, nature, cheese, you don't cream. find fat without protein. So we had the rebuilding and the feeding aspects in those food. Go ahead. Yes. Butter, cream. I, I jotted down some of these, butter, cheese, cream, eggs, broth, liver. The things we love. Bacon. Salt. Yes, and yeah. sea the salt. The electromagnetic salt is so needed. The electrolytes. Yes, to keep your heart beating correctly. And good salt, we might throw that There's in studies too. that show that elevated salt in our diets affect 1%. Of hypertensive patients. Yeah. Well, that's because they're eating the wrong salt, too. Well, Not and, the mineral-rich salt of Celtic sea salt. and Right, or the pink Himalayan salt. If they were, if they were uh, consuming salts from dry ocean beds or from active ocean beds today that have been cleaned up. Yeah. Well, uh, salt is so important. We used to use it for money. Well, in, yes, in our history. It's spices. Definitely were, were done that way. And then just avoid the Western civilization excesses. The demand for this, the demand for performance, the demand for perfection, the demand for achievement. Wait, that goes back to my Forbidden Forgiveness podcast. Yes, it does. Which I don't know what number that was. Oh, number 16. Yes. So, the, so there's, there's a three-step a three, three thing here that I, that I jotted down. And number one, when we're talking about are you on the road to a heart attack, number one, decrease parasympathetic tone decreased ability of the heart to heal itself when those occasional resting moments come along. So the heart can't heal. 
So are you saying, you know, an enlarged heart, maybe swelling of the legs, um, no muscle tone in your actual muscles? Yeah, all these things are are outside symptoms of what's going on deep inside the heart. Number two, increased sympathetic tone, increased tone of the fight or flight, which is going to lead to increased adrenaline, which increases, uh, as I, and, and this is kind of, I'm saying this in the way of review, increased glycolysis that's going on or breakdown of sugar, uh, the heart using sugar as its energy more than it should be, which is going to bring down the ketone level, which brings up the acidosis, the uh, increased lactic acid, and the inability of the body with this override of lactic acid building up in the muscle of the heart to break it back down to pyruvate which in turn takes this internal poison of the heart and turns it into a wonderful food. And these are people that have adrenal problems. I think the adrenal problems preceded the heart problem. Well, that's what I mean. Yes, I agree with you. And then the third step, just the increased lactic acid, increased acidosis, which leads to the decreased ability of calcium to regulate that heart muscle contraction, the lub-dub, 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 the way it's supposed to be. And then there's a decreased ability of the cardiac muscle to properly contract. Then you get increased edema, increased plaque problems, leading to heart cell necrosis. All of it, beginning with, and the reason, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm talking about the people, the majority of people who die of a heart attack did not have a blood clot in their heart. So it's from this parasympathetic sympathetic imbalance in their body so to simplify this get your spine in a line so you have good nerve innervation and secondly eat the foods that feed the nervous system and you know sympathetic parasympathetic all of those types of things you can really break this down in fact it kind of drove me crazy about 10 12 years ago i really got into this metabolic typing thing Mm -hmm. and the parasympathetic sympathetic mostly for cancer but um it kind of drives you crazy if you do that so let's keep it simple eat the foods that you crave and truly if you get the abnormal cravings out of you you will want eggs and cream and butter and bacon and pork chops and sausage and cheeses and fats these are what we love now the problem is is when you throw sugar in with these yes then you then you're going to have this never-ending ulcer has to go you're going to have atherosclerosis yes because sugar causes an increase in the level of insulin yeah and increased levels of insulin in the entire blood system that never gets a chance to break back down to zero be, well, not well, zero, they can't, but they can't even, because they never stop eating sugar. Yeah, and they, the, the, the cells, you get resistant to it. Your cells can't even uh, pull it in, and so it's just in your bloodstream. Your blood, your blood sugar is way high. Constantly irritating and the walls of, yes. the, of, the, of the arteries, and then your body is constantly sending L, elevated LDL out there to try mm-hmm. to deal with those yep. lesions that are creating inside. And the, and the coolest thing about this is that this can all be reversed in a matter of days to a few weeks by some dietary changes. The forbidden information. The, the, the forbidden yeah, information. The doctor's going to look at this test result and go, oh my, your blood, 
your cholesterol is over 250 or something, you know, which is just very normal. But the LDL and triglycerides, that's where he's going to freak yes. out or she yeah. and throw in statins, and not you, healing the problem because we don't have healers anymore. That's right. That's short of an acute crisis situation. You show up in the ER with chest pain and they may do an angiogram and, oh my goodness, look, you've got this blocked artery, but they don't show you the rest of the artery on there. Yeah. And they don't show you all the collateralization that's taken place below that blockage that has allowed all this blood to come back into that artery below the blockage and carry it all the way down the rest of its route to the bottom. So you're saying then we need to calm ourselves down most of the time. That's what a, a heart attack is caused from. Yes. So, of course, you know, you can't do a nuca correction right there in the emergency room. But if you're home, if it's really bad, of course, you go to the emergency room. But... Some organically bound minerals to calm you down. Perfect. Yes. Because they're, they're uh, loaded with potassium. B. Yes. As we talked about in our last podcast, which was number... Uh, 18. 18. Blood clots, edema, and airplanes. Yes. We talked about the fellow that had an endocardiograph, and he chewed up... He had a terrible endocardiograph. Let's put it that way. His test was terrible. He chewed up Cataplex B and Cardiotrophin PMG. We did another test 45 minutes later and beautiful heart rhythm. Yes. So if you're home, we do recommend you go to the hospital if you're feeling, you oh, know. Oh, my goodness. You have some chest, chest pain, pain, shortness of breath. Your get to the ER. Your left arm goes numb. Get yes. to the ER. But on, maybe on the way to the ER, chew up some Cataplex B, chew up some Cardiotrophin, chew up some Cataplex Organically F, bound minerals. And most importantly, organically bound minerals to calm you down. Mintran is another one the standard process makes that yes. would help too. Now these aren't we're not suggesting these are treatments for a heart attack. Absolutely not. These are foods to balance that out. stimulate the parasympathetic part of the heart to slow things down yeah. and reestablish normal cardiac rhythm. Because that is the biggest reason for heart attacks. Yes. Not a blocked artery. That absolutely. So there it is in a nutshell. Very simple. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. We have a few other um did you want to play Dr. McBride? We can. It's um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's really good, actually. But what I'd rather have you do is go to um, get her book called Put Your Heart in Your Mouth. And then there's another really good article from Dr. Thomas Cowan, which we're going to put at the end of this podcast called What the Real Cause of Heart Attacks. What Causes Heart oh, Attacks? Excuse me. What Dr. Cowan. Yeah, and you can find this in Weston A. Price's literature. It's a wonderful article on what really causes heart attacks. And here is Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. She's got a thick Russian accent, so just hang with her. You'll eventually understand. I'm only going to play a couple minutes, and it's from a podcast called Extreme Health Radio, and we were just introduced to him and her. It's two people. I'm not sure who they are, but... Here's Dr. McBride. So when people, when you were just saying that, I think people's first objections would be, what about cholesterol? You know, a lot of the listeners of our show understand that cholesterol isn't as much of an issue as it's being portrayed to be. But what would you say to people who are concerned with eating a lot of animal foods and their cholesterol? I've got a book uh, called Put Your Heart in Your Mouth, where I explain the whole concept of um where heart disease comes from, what really causes it, and what doesn't cause it. Oh. The idea that animal fats and cholesterol cause heart disease was a hypothesis which was uh, suggested in 1953 in Pennsylvania. And since then, uh, billions have been spent 
around the world to try and prove that hypothesis correct. Mm -hmm. And the more the science worked on it, the more they proved it wrong. In the last 20 years, it has been conclusively proven wrong. Trouble is that while the science was working on this hypothesis, a very large and very powerful commercial and political machine grew based on this hypothesis. Pharmaceutical industry is making billions. Food industry is making billions. Medical industry is making billions. Mm -hmm. And governments make billions in mm -hmm. the West. And the more the science is shouting that the hypothesis is wrong, that cholesterol and animal fats do not cause heart disease, in fact, they reverse it and prevent it, the stronger becomes the propaganda from that political and commercial machine because mm. they've invested too much into this. So that's, that's basically the upshot of the situation. Yeah. But the reality is that cholesterol is, uh, is one of the most essential nutrients for the human body. We cannot live without it. Your brain is like a sponge. About 40% of brain structure is made out of cholesterol. The other 40% made out of saturated fatty acids. And if you stop having cholesterol, your brain starves. This is such an important nutrient for the human body that blood cholesterol doesn't come from food. It is produced by your liver. Blood cholesterol is maintained by the liver in every person. And the liver is in touch with the rest of the body. So when the brain needs cholesterol, it gives a command to the liver, I need cholesterol, the liver manufactures it, sends it into the bloodstream, the blood delivers it to the brain. And while that's happening, your blood cholesterol is high. When your uh, adrenals need to produce some hormones because you're under stress, all steroid hormones in the body are made from cholesterol, mm -hmm. your adrenal hormones, your sex hormones, and other steroid hormones in the body. So the adrenals will call to the liver and say, I need some cholesterol. The liver will manufacture it, put it in the blood, and the blood will deliver it to adrenals. And uh, so your blood cholesterol will be high while that is happening, when you're under stress. Mm. If you've been to the dentist or you had an operation or you had a trauma, your tissues are damaged, they need to heal. No healing in the body can happen without involvement of large amounts of cholesterol and saturated fatty acids. So again, these damaged tissues will shout for help to the liver. The liver will manufacture it, put it in the bloodstream, and the blood will deliver it to the place of damage to heal it. So your blood cholesterol will be high. And try to measure after visits to the dentist or having an operation, your blood cholesterol is always very high. Mm -hmm. Trouble is we have a group of people in our modern, very toxic world who are so toxic, these people, that that biochemical machine in the liver that manufactures cholesterol is broken down. Okay, she goes on and on about the liver and yes. how we need to, you know, keep that really strong. You can listen to this. I started that at into ooh, one colon oh nine colon oh nine so nine minutes into it an hour and nine minutes uh, yeah it was quite a ways into it so you can listen to the whole thing it's a it's a pretty good pod, pod, podcast from extreme health radio it's episode number 379 it's fascinating the way she says what we eat the fat we eat it has to be emulsified and then it has to rebuild the liver i mean that's what our dietary fat does it rebuilds our body so the liver can put out so it can do its job so it can do its job yeah. so if you eat meat eggs fish and dairy mostly with a few you know vegetables in there mostly fermented vegetables and keep our gut healthy you know you don't have to worry about a heart attack 
Now, if you're under a tremendous amount of stress and you notice some of these symptoms that are happening, you know, the shortness of breath, the swelling. You're headed for it. You're headed for it. So you need to increase that. And another thing to keep in mind is half the people who die of heart attacks are thin people. I know. Oh, I have an article on that. I could put it in there. 50% of all heart attacks. Thin people. Thin people. Thin people who are having this parasympathetic, sympathetic imbalance. Yeah. What do they tell you? Just go home and lose weight and exercise. That'll yes. fix everything. Oh, it's just so nonsense. And sometimes that can be really damaging. You know, it's like you've always said, these old, old people that get in car accidents and they're just, it's a little fender bender. I mean, like nothing, just like a bump. And they're, and you look in, the old person sitting there in the car and they're dead. There's no yes. blood anywhere. They haven't hit their head. They're dead. And what you always say is that literally the cardiac tree just gets ripped from their body. From if the collision's hard enough, that's exactly just what a happens. Yeah, a little bump here. So it's so important to be able to rebuild the collagen in your body to mm-hmm. keep your heart strong, to keep every part of you strong so it doesn't start to all fall and your heart enlarges and you get varicose veins, as we talked about in another podcast. And hemorrhoids are a sign of this also. Well, everything is, you know, as we age and we get wrinkles and all these things, that's a sign that we're not breaking down our proteins well enough and emulsifying our fats or we're not eating them. Yes. Okay. So get, get a, a spinal nuca correction or even just a, you know, an adjustment. Keep your spine in alignment. Yes. And then eat the foods that help feed your nervous system. And those are fat mostly, B vitamins. Now I'm not talking synthetic V vitamins and we're going to put together a protocol. At the end of this, yes. One of these free forbidden things that, you know, these are precious protocols that have taken me over a decade, 12, 13, 14 years to put together. And we'll put this at the end and we're going to try and keep this one pretty simple. The last podcast, we kept it really simple with just Cataplex B and Cardiotrophin. We're going to put a few more things in there and some adaptive adaptogenic herbs also to help the heart. Okay. Okay. So remember this very normal guy, William Broyles (laughs) wrote in a comment and basically said he changed his diet to fish oils, raw dairy, pasteurized, pasture raised foods, and join the Weston A. Price Foundation. That would be a great addition to your health. WestonAPrice.org. We ought to put something like that towards the end as well. It's a great place. So, Anything else? No, it's just, it's breaking through that paradigm where people think that people who are overweight Mm -hmm. or obese Mm -hmm. are walking heart attacks. Well, probably more than that, they're walking diabetes victims. But diabetes is one of the significant things Mm -hmm. leading to heart attack. Males, number one, men have more than women, although men have... Interestingly enough, men have a, a better chance of surviving a heart attack than a woman, but more men have heart attacks than women. Number two, smoking. If you're a man and you smoke and you have diabetes and you live in a high-stress environment. Or you have osteoarthritis. It's time to go join yeah. the commune somewhere. I mean, you know, the <laughs> compound or whatever they call them. Back up, the, you know, the old hippie thing up in Colorado. It's time to slow down. The old adage, stress kills, is absolutely true. And this is what this podcast was about, is why. And if you can't slow down, if you're a single mom, you know, here, here, I speak for that. I've been single mom with five children before. You need to feed your body. Not like I did, which was lucky I was as young as I was. Not with sugar, not with this instant energy fast food diet that we are, but with fat and protein 
and and eggs and bacon and good bacon without yes. the nitrates in it. Pork chops. They're they're a little harder to make. I talked to a patient a couple weeks couple days ago actually that has been making these very high protein shakes for twenty years and he was a mess. Mm. So you don't ever want fat or protein without fat. So I told him he just could not get rid of this in his head. He wanted these kale shakes. And I said, well, then if you're going to do that, if you're going to continue doing that with this protein powder and all this stuff, put in three raw eggs. Yes. If you don't have time to make eggs and bacon in the morning with lots yes. of butter and salt and good pepper that gets the digestive juices going in your, in your stomach, then at least put three eggs, three raw eggs, yes. good, good, good eggs in your, in your protein shake. So I think we saved a heart or two. Maybe. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. About 50% of the people who die of a heart attack are overweight. But of those people, less than 50% had a blood clot or a clot in the heart. It's this parasympathetic, sympathetic overdrive imbalance that causes that heart spasm to take place in the myocardium. And these ladies you were talking about here a minute ago that really have single moms with kids and two jobs or whatever, they can still practice deep breathing. This is known to enhance the parasympathetic. <laughs> they, you, can, they can do meditation. <laughs> okay, have this you been is, single? <laughs> no, I haven't. With five children? No. No, it's not going to happen, babe. <laughs> well, well, before, the, as they're going to sleep at night, like you did, surrounded by candy. <laughs> Contemplate no, your next bag no, of candy. meditation. It would be great if they could do yoga and they had time to do all these things. That's not reality. Reality these, these, is... You need to eat what you crave when you get the sugar cravings out. Take a month, get your gut in shape so you got the candida out of your diet and you're not a slave to sugar anymore. Yes. And eat fat without sugar in it. Well, those suggestions I'm talking about here, meditation, deep breathing, all come from the American Heart Association. They're great. To help the body to just relax. And that's where the parasympathetic mm -hmm. comes in is when it has a chance to relax. Yes. But this diet that you're talking about is so vitally important. It might override everything else. And get out in the sun. Plenty of vitamin D. Sunbathing. We know that vitamin D is essential for calcium absorption. Calcium is essential for heart regular heart muscular contraction. And if you can't get it on the sun, like I don't think I saw the sun for two decades, take some cod liver oil every yes. day, every yeah. morning. Okay, we'll see you next week. Um, we might put out a bonus podcast this week also. We've been talking about it. We've had some questions about the forbidden forgiveness cure. Yes, and I think uh, I think what we need to do, Mary, is just flat out, I just need to interview interview you over about a half a dozen questions because we got a lot of email of people just do not, did not understand what you were talking about. And this will help the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. Oh, absolutely. Calm you down. Well, that's so the you're idea. Not, you're oh. not so stressed with under guilt and anger and hatred and non-forgiveness. Okay, we will do that hopefully this week. And if not, then we'll see you next week with a new all right. podcast. All right. We'll see you. See you all. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast and Mary's and My Health Secrets. Now, here's where you can help us help mankind by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really want to join Jimmy Moore, Bulletproof Executive, Lear Keith, and all the other revolutionaries in saving your families with their forbidden truth about self-healing. Please like us on Facebook and follow on Twitter at Forbidden Doctor. More information is available at ForbiddenDoctor.com or call us at 866-867-5070. We answer calls. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. 
Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.